I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What's happening, people? Welcome to this week's episode of It's All Black Academic with me, your host, Jordan. Right now, we're going to have a discussion around how we get to the bag. And I'm talking the bag that secures a couple of cars or a holiday Malaga or whatever the new watch is. I'm talking the real, real wealth money, the proper money, where there's only a, a select few group of people who kind of have access and preview and, and frequent those kinds of areas and circles. We did a really good show on season three, I believe, where we spoke about money management, how to save. And I'm going to take it to another level now and go from how do we save as a community our money and grow it to actually, you know, penetrating the, the, the corridors and rooms where the real money is. And to do so, I've got another stellar panel with me. I've got star of Channel 4's brand new show, Save Well, Spend Better, Emmanuel Sukwa. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, you? I'm very well, man. Chase to come back on, on the show. I've got Aaron Townsend, who's the head of a financial tech firm. You well, sir? I'm good, thanks. Good. And returning, uh, Aziza Francis here is an entrepreneur. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. Cheers for coming on, on the show, guys. Right, as I said there in the intro, I want to talk to you guys about how we as a community could and should be really accessing the circles where the real money is, 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 is fluttering around. I'll start with you, Emmanuel, because as a community, you know, we know there are big barriers in how to access those, the, those particular areas and arenas, but do we as black people have to just accept that it is harder, but we've got to do better, or is it just stop complaining about the fact that we're not in these circles and find a way to get in these circles, and if so, how? Yeah, um, multiple. I think, first of all, we need to understand what is wealth. First of all, what are we really trying to chase? Because a lot of us, what we're trying to chase is money. And the worst part about life is when you get all that money and realize that you still haven't found happiness. And so when you really understand what wealth is, you understand that that's not a, a, an amount of money, that's not a number of holidays, that's not the car that you drive. And so that's the first part. The second part is also then working together as a community. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of people, when, we, when they came over, they worked a lot together. We got things like partner and so forth, where we, did group economics and we worked together and that's how we got on, on the housing ladder and so forth. But somehow you've allowed be, being grown up and being a next generation and saying that's old fashioned to make us now um, not work together and that means that our money's not as strong as it was. Mm -hmm. um, Aziza, what kind of attitude do you feel as a black community we should be adopting in trying to penetrate uh, these circles where, like, I'm not talking about being rich, I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, generational wealth. What kind of attitude should we be adopting in order to, to get into, the, into, into that mindset and also to those actual practical arenas? Um, I think it's really important to find out who the wealthy people are. Mm -hmm. 
Because if you don't know who they are, how can you access a circle that you don't even know exists? Um, I think young people have the advantage. Um, people like to be appeased and feel important, no matter how rich they are or how wealthy they are, who they are. So reaching out to them and saying, look, I'm doing a uni project. I want to have a conversation with you about how you structured your business. Just stuff like that, just to find out more about who they are, how they got there, their journey, their story. But I also feel like there's so many entrepreneurs and small businesses that are starting up and a lot of people in the black community are doing the same thing and not coming together to run those businesses collectively and are doing things based off of emotion and their own ideas as opposed to practices that have previously worked. So there are models of success that exist. So for instance, the beauty industry or the hair industry, there are people who have created products that have generated millions of pounds, dollars, all different currencies. And there's a blueprint to how they structured their business or run their business. But then when a person from this generation starts a business, they have their idea and it's social media led. The blueprint is social media. That's not the blueprint mm, for wealth. <laughs> it's just not the blueprint for wealth. Wealth is old money. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So sometimes you have to go back to basics and do the boring stuff, the paperwork, the research. Um, and just be willing to not think of self. I think a lot of people think in the mindset of I, so it's all about me, how I'm going to win, I'm securing the bag. You never hear people say we are securing the bag. It's about self. So there's no collective consciousness when thinking about wealth in the first place. And Aaron, how, <clears throat> how important is accessing wealth to you personally? And if it is important, why is it important? I think for me, it's, it's, it's something I think about every day. Um, and like just going on the points that have been made for example like I have these conversations with my friends where when you look at when you look at history you look at people like you know JP Morgan or Kanye Ajis or the Rothschilds there are someone in that family that would have started off and said okay I'm gonna delay, delay my gratification for a period of time so that not for my kids or my grandkids but for my great-grandkids I'm going to ensure that there's going to be nice. generational wealth yeah down the line. So what that means, for example, someone like me, it means that, okay, I might not be able to, to buy the massive mansion. It doesn't mean I won't be able to live a certain lifestyle, but it means that I'm going to set up different, various different structures, various different business opportunities, various different ways of income where I'm not thinking about necessarily buying a big house, but it means that my great, 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 great grandkids are going to be set up. So it means that I need to have a hundred year plan or 150 year plan. And is that a level of selflessness that you see within our community? Not. I don't, I don't see it as much as I see it amongst like the European community, the Asian community, the Jewish community, um, the Chinese community. But what I will say though is that tech is the great equaliser now. So although you have old money, now you're having people creating companies five, ten years, selling for a billion pounds, and then it's, then it's up to them to decide, okay, how can I make that billion pounds last? Or what can I do with that to ensure that I'm not going to spend it all um, and I'm going to make sure that my kids, kids, kids are, are set up. So there is a level of selflessness, but there is, there is a mixture of being able to look forward, but also look backwards at the same time, which I feel that we haven't been taught the tools. We haven't given, been given the access. Like I give you like, quickly a final example. I, I, I kind of grew up in, in venture capital, which essentially is buying and selling companies. And I remember I, I saw the, my very first um, exit, exit memo, which basically when you sell a company, you get to see how much people, how much people get paid, et cetera, et cetera. So the MD got a certain amount. And I remember just looking at a CFO, he got paid three million, he got paid three million pounds. 
just like that. Mm-hmm. He's in the company for a few years, got paid three million pounds. Now, when I spoke to my MD about that, he was like, three million pounds, it's not a lot of money. And he didn't mean that in an arrogant mm-hmm. way. What he meant is that what I'm trying to that's, go, that's nice, mm, yeah. but that's not life, that's not life changing compared to me. And so we need to think beyond the three million, we need to think about the 50 million, the 100 million, 150 million, not so that we can buy stuff, but so we can put it to work in other areas. I hear that. And one area where the money, you know, we know it does float around a lot, <clears throat> as these are on the stock exchange. Um, something that you have recently um, involved yourself in, talk to me a little bit about why you have and why you think as a community it's something that we should be looking to, to penetrate more. Um, on a personal level for me, it was somebody that I know that basically bought me shares in Amazon. And I thought about buying shares in the past, but it felt like a long-term life goal. And I know it might sound ridiculous, but personally for me, it felt like when I get there, I'll, I'll think about that. But when somebody presents you with that, it's like, okay, what do I know about Amazon on a business level? I need to do some research. Um, and essentially what I did is I decided to give my share back for some education and training on the stock market from their broker. Um, and I learned a lot in a very short space of time. Um, and now I've decided to make small investments and just see how I go. I don't have children, so for me, it doesn't matter if I win or lose, but I do think if people have children, they should buy shares for their children. Like, it's not about what you're gonna get in return now, it's more about what's gonna happen 15 years down the line, 20 years down the line. And I did some research on Walt Disney and somebody bought a share for like, I think it was like $13.57 about 20 years ago or 30 years ago, and now their share is worth 5 million and they're getting paid 50,000 a year dividends out. And I'm like, where have I been? (laughs) Like, why didn't anybody teach me this? Why didn't anybody tell me about this? Um, Money I'd earned when I was a teenager, I could have put into stocks and shares and I could be reaping the benefits from it now. But I just didn't have that knowledge and it just seems like complicated to understand. Like, speaking to young kids about shares, they probably think it's something that's like really far-fetched in the future, but I think Saturday schools or clubs should be set up to teach children about these things so that they have a choice. You know, my parents, I don't think my parents were educated in stocks and shares. And if they were, they sure as hell wasn't telling me about it. Do you know what I mean? Well, is, is that, and I know a lot of what you do is kind of in line with educating and helping others. You both mentioned to such to different degrees, the key is educating people. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something that we're not doing enough of? Those that do have the knowledge and that do have the experience of of business and finance and just generally money are not passing on that that knowledge or are you seeing that that is that is the case now no i think they are passing that knowledge they're just passing that knowledge to the the people in their in their vicinity and i think for us what we need to do is take the step out so this is why i left my corporate job where i was earning a better salary a better life to go and set up a company to focus on young people people from you know be it BAM backgrounds and try and educate them. Mm-hmm. Like, because for me, I understand that my legacy is not necessarily the amount of money that I carry at the end, it's the impact I have on the amount of lives that are around me. And I think when we start to think, you know, actually, I've got this skill. Sometimes with us, we, we, we get something and we're like, no, I'm the best at this. I'm not gonna tell, I'm the best. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's gonna touch me at this. T-. But actually, what we need to have a mentality of is, I'm the best at this. Imagine if I can get, create 10 of me, and then 10 of me can create 10 of them. All of a sudden, Everyone investing is. becomes normal. Yeah. 
We're all investing. And what, what we don't realise is that we think if we're investing and it's only us, we're making money, we're doing better. But if we're all investing, how much is the power of the money? That's why funds work so well because you're, it's group. You've got a group of people who are putting small amounts together. But now when I go and buy those shares, I can negotiate because there's a large amount as a group. And so that's what we need to start doing is doing things together and not trying to hold the skills to ourselves. Just so when we go to the party, we say, yo, you know, I just bought my next property, you know. Mm -hmm. When you know the person you're talking to you ain't got any, is renting, yeah, yeah, council yeah, yard, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so we need to come off that because other communities, they're past that. They're buying in freeze. Like, so especially like my Asian community, they're buying in freeze. And they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not uh, moving until all three have their own one. And they're, and they're doing that together and then they're gone and then they're using that. And so when we start saying, listen, if you're not winning, I'm not winning. That's when we start to see how we build wealth going forward. And, and do you think, guys think that as a community, we, we love the idea of being rich, but we don't love, we don't know the idea of being wealthy. And you know, certain words like stock exchange and shares are still words that intimidate black people because they don't understand it. They, they, they're fearful of it. It seems like it's, a, it's not for us. Do you, do you think we've got a, a really unhealthy relationship with, with that world and trying to penetrate that world? I think, it's, I, think it's, I think it's down to the fact that in some respects, we're just not used to it. We haven't been exposed to it. So like, I, I remember like when I was at the VC and being exposed to old money, for them, it's it's so normal that, like, for example, the whole reason why the managing partner set up the VC was for intergenerational wealth. That was the sole reason why he did it. Um, and so for him, it, it for us as a black community, I think, like, as Manuel said, we have to become so used to it. It has to be, you know, common examples. They have to we have to be talking about it. But we also have to make sure that we're bringing one another in into those environments and, and being exposed and being exposed to it and, and actually allowing us to have the mindset to think that we can do it. Because I think if we can't, if we don't think we can do it, then... We're never gonna try it. So, so I'm interested to kind of, anyone that's watching this, how do we, as a community, as, how do we, well, I don't have any money, but how do we tangibly... <laughs> we love people! Take that <laughs> we all got money. Okay, okay. That's the first thing I think everybody needs well, to you know, know that we all did, have money. Black did, people have so much money. And I think there's a misconception that we're all broke. And I feel like black people in particular have a very bad relationship with finance, period. We spend money to validate ourselves, to make ourselves feel like we've achieved. So we do the end goal before we've even started the race. We will buy the Rolex and be sleeping on our mum's couch. We will drive the range and not have petrol to put inside of the range. I think the first thing needs to be is stop feeding these big companies and these big grand and brands grandchildren. You're paying for their great grandkids to go to uni. Why, why are you buying a Rolex? Can you even tell the time? Half of the man with a Rolex can't even tell the time. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I personally feel that the only way forward is for us to change the way we spend, period. Minimalism is the only way forward. We're excessive spenders. So on that point, I don't know if you guys have heard about the FIRE movement. You heard about that? Um, where it stands for FIRE Independent and Retire Early, uh, where you recommended that you save 25 times your yearly outgoings and then you're out, you retire. You're nodding, so you've heard about this. Is it something yeah. that appeals to you? Are you doing this, by the way? Like, I've heard of it um, and I've looked quite deeply into it. Um, I think for some people, for, for a lot of people, that won't work. Um, however, what I like about it is the principles. So now what my sister was saying in terms of how we spend, our spending habits, that for example, the black community is one of the most indebted communities, period. 
Like we are, I was reading the race, uh, the race relations report just the other day, and I think one in four of UK black people are in persistent poverty. And if they're going to be in persistent poverty, that means they're going to be in council estates. That means they're going to be on school free so school the meals. Kids, their kids it's going to it's going to be persistent, and that's, and that, a lot of that is because, as you said, like you go you walk into the house, they've got a fifty they've got a fifty inch screen. Like I haven't I haven't bought a new TV since I got married, which was like over eight years ago. So for me, that the, the, if you're talking about tangible, f practical things that we can do, one thing is don't get to debt. Mm -hmm. Like there's a study I read, read a study the other day that that um, balance transfer cards pre-financial uh, crisis was about maybe 14 products. Mm -hmm. Now there's over 200 products. And, what, what, and the reason why that is, because no one ever gets everything for free, the reason why that is, is because the companies realize that people take out these balance transfer products, never clear their balance. So they, just, so they just go into the variable, high variable rate, and then end up spending more and more money. But people that think to themselves that oh, I'll clear it, I'll clear it, I'll clear it, and end up spending more money in it. How about we don't use credit cards yeah. at yeah. all? Yeah. Don't get into debt. Yep. Save. Mm -hmm. Have a pot of money. Yep. Have three to six months of money where you where you know you can, you can save it. You call it the fu money, mm -hmm. and say and then then your walk is different. Yep. And then you can start talking about investing. Then you can start talking about buying a house. Then you can start talking about wealth. But if your if your spending happens, that like Chris Rock had a saying that like there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. You can be rich, have a bad investment, and be poor, but you can't get rid of wealth. And that's that, that's that's one of the, that's a practical thing that we mm. can all do. Um, I'm interested to go back to your point about where we spend our money. Do, do you have kind of tangible examples of how, you know, as black people living, buying food, whatever we do, buying clothes, places where we should be spending our money? And are you a big fan of keeping the money within our own community, with, with our own businesses? For me, it's about quality over quantity. So we just have too much stuff. We just have too much stuff. I, I, I see we have two feet, but you got 40 pairs of trainers in boxes, like you're hoarding a Nike museum in your bedroom, like what's going on? I don't understand that, why do you have so much? You know, I was, I went for a period in my life where I had money and I could buy what I want whenever I wanted. And I had to check myself. One day my cousin came to my house, I was traveling, I was going to New York and she said, all your clothes have the tag on it, but you don't wear these clothes. I said, but I don't like them. She said, why don't you return them? I said, I haven't got time to be returning clothes. She said, but you have a wardrobe with tagged clothes on it, Aziza, you're not wearing those clothes. From that day, I said, if I have an item in my wardrobe that I don't wear, I'm returning it. But I know I can't be returning all the time, so now I have a Simon Cow policy. I only have three pairs of jeans and a couple of t-shirts, but every other rich person I know, we've got the same kind of wardrobe. When I need to travel, it doesn't take me hours to pack. It doesn't take me hours to do my laundry. And I don't get caught up in the shop of the con consumerism. You walk into a shop, you're coming for your trainers, but you're leaving with three, four hundred pounds worth of clothing on what? Your overdraft. We need to learn how to live within our means. It's okay to say I can't meet you for drinks because I haven't got no money. We're too, we, we've got too much pride as a community, unnecessary pride, like among poor people. How can poor people have pride among each other? <laughs> it makes no sense. It it's okay to say I don't have no money. It's okay to say I am broke. It's okay to say that's not in my budget. You know, anybody that knows me knows I'm not coming out of my house. It's not in my budget to come out of my house. I can only go to the airport. If I'm not getting on a plane, I'm not moving. I don't drive. I refuse to drive. Where am I driving? To the supermarket. Why, why have we all got cars? Why are we polluting the air? Why are we driving cars and we can't afford to have them? Like, everybody's making a priority on things they cannot afford. Mm, People will upgrade their iPhone but can't afford the phone they already have to do what? Sit on social media all day. So, you know, you're out, you're out of your... You're living 
out of your means is what I believe. I think as a community, we live beyond our financial means. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And is that about delayed gratification, do you think? Well, yeah, it's definitely something I always teach, delayed gratification. But I think also sometimes we're so focused on no, no, no. So it's not a no policy. So it's about, yes, if you want to go on holiday, if you want to do stuff, you can do that. It's about planning it. The problem with us is we don't have a plan. We just wake up every day and we, do the, we go to the, get on the same bus, we go to the same work, we have the same meal, do at lunch, come home, watch the same thing. We ain't got no plan about what we're doing. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's go away. You haven't planned for that. But sometimes we shouldn't card. even go on holiday. No, why are you, what are you celebrating? What have you, why are you travelling? Why do, why why are you going on holiday? No, but I hear you. I hear what, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> we shouldn't. I, I hear what you're saying, but sometimes also we have to be realistic that a lot of us are too far away. So what you're going to say is going to make sense, but sometimes we have to be practical. If I'm already in the process of going on holidays all the time, I'm already in there, maybe I need to first cut back. It's like, it's like smoking. If I'm already, you're not going to say, yeah, we shouldn't smoke. Okay, just stop. There's a process to it. So what I'm saying is, is that, yes, these things are wrong and it makes sense once, you, once you've clicked and your mind's gone over, you know, the be- know better. But for those that don't, let's start putting in some practical stuff and reduce. And once you reduce, you see the benefit, then when you reduce more, you understand what you're, you're going to get unfor- from doing that. But unfortunately, the wider world doesn't give you that process. You see, if you don't pay your yeah. rent on time and you get evicted, there's no reducing. You'll get made homeless. Yeah. That, that reality is so severe. So sometimes I so think... So you think we have to be just... We I have think to be you have, I had to bad up myself. Sometimes you have to give yourself the real bad up. 
If you commit a crime and you get nicked and you go to jail, then what are you going to say to the judge? I need a process to intervention (laughs) to get me in jail. No, they're just putting you in jail one time. So we need to be aggressive with ourselves. Like people need to check themselves and say, right, this is my money. This is my budget. This is my reality. I need to live this reality and stop trying to do up lifestyle when that's not my reality. Of course. And me personally, I've had times where I'm up and I'm down. Nobody will ever know because I'm always down. I always move like I'm broke anyway. So when I'm up, you just don't even know. Which is great. <laughs> but what we're talking about is the mindset. And what, and what we're talking about is change, changing the mindset. And yes, okay, um, we need to have a, a level playing field and be focused on trying to build and reduce and live within our means. I totally agree with that. But what I'm saying is, is that for some people, we have, we have to, they don't know they're doing wrong. So how can you change stuff if you don't realise what you're doing is wrong? If everybody around you does the same thing, like I'm Nigerian, if we, if, if we have parties all the time and every time you go to the party, everyone's buying a new, a new outfit, your mind is going to follow. So we're not taking, the, and plus we're not talking about the scars that people go through from missing out. So when you talk about someone that has bare trainers, a lot of the time when you hear their story, that when they was at school, they was getting bullied because they didn't have it. So the second they get money, that's what they're going to do. So a lot of this thing can be psychological. And sometimes we have to deal with that. We can't just say, not everyone's going to respond to, oh, we're just bad out, we just stop. It's not going to no, work like that. But in terms of the mindset, that's the problem. You're still seeking external validation. How can you want to be successful and care about what people think? You're, you're supposed to be able to walk around in no-name trainers and know your goods. Of course. I know my bank balance is lit, so I don't. I can walk into a room, and you can have an opinion of me. I know mm. what my bank balance is saying. I know I don't fly economy, babes. You will be with your Louis Vuitton luggage in economy while I'm sleeping. Yeah. I don't care. So the the mindset and the mentality needs to be for our community. We need to change the mindset. People who are doing up success, people who are doing up business, need to tone it down. Don't be like, oh, I'm running a business and see my range and see my watch. Young black kids need to think, right, when people run a business, they wear Primark. When people run a business, they have packed lunch and water. But guess what? They do up real lifestyle. Because wealth, when you have money and you're rich, you live a certain way. And when you have wealth, you live a different type of way. Mm -hmm. Wealthy people don't live like rich people. They don't care about Nike. They're invested in Nike. Of course. So my thing is, why don't you buy some, why don't you collectively come together and buy shares in Nike and buy shares in Balenciaga instead of going through the process of healing your childhood Nike pains? Like, there's bigger traumas in our community than materialistic pain. Let, let me move it forward, sorry. Um, I'll bring you in, Aaron, this one. I've got here, there are over 2,000 billionaires in the world. This is according to Forbes. 13 of the only 13 are black. That's fewer than one, few, few, that's fewer than 1%, sorry. Of those 13, only three, three are women for Americans, what does it say about our access to wealth in our community? Is it kind of just basically repeating what Aziz has said? It's about mindset, it's about attitudes, about the language you use. That's all warped and it's I all think wrong. It's, so. it's, it's, multi, it's, it's multifaceted. So it is, you know, we're not going to get away from racism, yeah. but you can't, you can't purely use it as an excuse, but it, it is there. Like, you know, there are stats, there are stats out there where black people um, are denied business loans at higher rates than your white and Asian counterparts. Um, but <clears throat> if I was going to play devil's advocate, there's also the, like, I'm a child account, so there is there is also an element where there are times when we just don't want to do things properly. So if what, I'm telling you shortcut, you mean yeah. shortcut. Yeah. So if I'm telling you as a child account, your cash flow, your P your P and your balance sheet mm. needs to work, and I'm and, and, I, and I'm and I'm interrogating it, and you, you can't give me an answer. Mm. Why am I going to give you a loan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can't, you don't even know what's going on in P and O. So why should I give you a loan? And I'm and I'm trying to help. We're not helping ourselves. We're yeah. Helping ourselves, yeah. but but there is but 
there is an overarching element. So, for example, like I, I know down the line, I would love to start up a VC fund. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, well, boy, I might have to get a Harry onto my team. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah, yeah. because it's, it's been shown that for, for black people going for startup funding, there are lower rates generally than my white counterpart. Why? Because they have positive confirmation bias. And the big VCs have shown this where they say, if I see someone like Mark Zuckerberg, I assume that they're going to be like Mark Zuckerberg and I don't see anyone outside of this. It goes for gender as well. And so there is an act, there is a massive actors club. That's why we have people like things like Backstage Capital and other um, VCs who are working with um, you know, minority communities. But at the same time, I think we also need to develop a level of competency where I, like for me, I know that if I'm gonna go for funding, I've got, I'm, I'm, I've got everything tight. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you can ask me about anything because I've, I've shown myself competent, I've got the experience, I've got, I know exactly what I'm talking about. So, so the only reason why you can't give me the money is that it has to be either racism or you think my business model's crap. That's, that's the only two, I'm not leaving anything else on the table. And I think that's a lot of things that we, we do and sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot, but we can't ignore white supremacy, but we can't use that as a crutch because so many of us do and then we complain that 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 we're that's the reason get, why that's, I'm that's not the rich. reason why no the reason sometimes the reason why is because you're rubbish you, you're not good your business model is rubbish yeah. so think of something else yeah. or or actually work with someone else because a lot of time we want to do it by ourselves exactly. like no no actually most people who get funded are in a team because it shows by our numbers that, that that's how successful we are. but we want to have the money for ourselves but 0% of 100% is what nothing indeed and we did a show um, on a few shows back on Christianity and black people. One of our guests, Derek Owusu, made the point. We were talking about um, super churches and how pastors become wealthy through that. And he mentioned in talking about that, the fact that he, he doesn't like the fact that there are billionaires. Now, we didn't develop that point because it was going off topic a little bit. But how do we feel, I'll start with you, about, about billionaires? Do you feel there should be billionaires, especially in a time when there are people that have nothing? Are you comfortable with the fact that there are some people that have so much, whereas others have... You're looking at me like, what? <laughs> you question over mate no sense. Over mate no sense. I'm trying. I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm confused, of course. Go on, go on. Of course there should be billionaires. Why shouldn't there? Even if there wasn't billionaires, there'd still be people without nothing. So that's not, that's not going to change. And some, some of those people that have had nothing are at nothing by their own choice. They're, they're choosing to make those decisions. Like we say, I deal with people that say, like, man, you ain't got money, you ain't got money. Okay, cool, let's look at your bank statement. This is why. This is it, let's go to your house. You got iPads, you, got, you ain't got no money. That's an iPads, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Think about, you got, you got unnecessary technology that you, to you is standard. Like you yeah. said, we talk about the TV show. One of the, big, one of the big things that happened on the show was someone, they had 60K debt. And when, when you looked at the debt, it was cars, it was the st stuff for their kids because they, they didn't want their kids to get bullied. I understand the cause, but sometimes these are the things that are causing us to continue to go down. And so for me, of course, there should be billionaires. And if there's not billionaires, there's millionaires, whatever it may be. If someone's done it honestly, done it in the right way, think about how many people they've employed, how many other people they've empowered that have learned from them and then gone on to become millionaires. And then those people, do, do you understand what I'm saying? We need to have these figures to know that these things exist to keep on working so that you know that there's levels so that we don't get comfortable. And for us, we need representation. So we need more black billionaires for the representation for us to even aspire to that. Without that, then what, what are we working towards? Well, I was going to ask, do, do any of you guys, I'll start with you, do you guys know who the black billionaires are that, because you started off by talking about, if we don't know who these people are, how can we try and be in those circles? Do we know who the black billionaires are? Especially in the, you start with the UK. 
Are there any black billionaires? Uh, well, you're not in, not in the UK. Not, I was about to say, from my knowledge, there's no billionaires, but there are millionaires. Yeah, yeah. And there are a few that now I've realised um, roll together. So when you put them together, you might get a billion. Just some free man yeah. and put them together. Yeah, like if they, it, but they don't work together. But if they were to do something together, it would be of that magnitude. Um, but when I look at money and I look at wealth, I don't tend to look at colour when I'm looking for a blue, blueprint. Because we are constantly being educated to work in a way that serves this country. So why should we look and seek the blueprint of the black way of becoming wealthy when it's so minimal, that information is minimal. It's easy to see how other races do it and win. So it's about taking their blueprint and tweaking it to our culture. I think we are innovators. We create most of the things that make these people rich. They're culture vultures. They're constantly stalking us and watching us and trying to build and create products and brands and things that they know we would love because we're the trend. You know, we're what's popping at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I just think as well, whenever we make a product, we always try to not sell to ourselves. I've noticed that a lot of small entrepreneurs and businesses, they don't create product to sell to black people. They want it to be able to reach a mass audience and they don't know that the big brands are, are focusing on us. <laughs> so so get your own people on board yeah, first. Yeah, We're all this. here screaming, support black business. Half the black businesses don't want your support. They think they're bust when they're making mainstream money from all the other races. So their mindset is there not here but, but also you have to you have to remember that from a business point of view sometimes when you're dealing with with black people we also don't appreciate black business when we go there we want discount we want to we, we don't respect it like when we go to other we you could go to the same shop owned by the asian man you're not asking him for a discount you're going there you're accepting the price when we go to ours discount uh, let me that i'll take that now and i'll pay you later do you understand so who it wants works that both ways, do you understand yeah. um two quick final questions guys i'll start with you aaron the first one just give me a sentence each um what advice, anyone that's watching that's like, okay, I want to be a billionaire, I want to access wealth. What's the, what's the one thing, I want three different things from you, what's the one thing you would advise a guy, a woman watching now to do today, to do today, to be the first step in trying to change their mentality or even practical advice to accessing the big P, the big wealth. I would the say, real bag, as I call it. <laughs> I would say, remain curious, um, and I'll that even more. Innovation, stems from the intersection of two things that don't necessarily look like they go together. So if you look at like Netflix, for example, who would have thought that putting some DVDs in a post box is going to create a billion dollar company? You have to have the tech know-how, you also have to have supply chain management know-how as well. So that's why I say remain curious because you have no, because there are industries down the line that we don't know is going to exist yet. So we can't necessarily say you should be a chartered accountant, you should be an engineer, you should be a doctor, but remain curious in all these areas and eventually your experience, if you remain competent as well, you'll be able to intersect various different things and be able to bridge innovation that could get funding, that then could make you that billionaire or that multi-millionaire and then two or three companies down the line. So I would always say remain curious, be competent. I love that. Aziza? Um, I would say explore minimal minimalism and live within your means. Like, just live within your means. Don't be ashamed when you're not up, use that as your motivation to get more money. Don't buy things that you can't afford. Don't overspend. Don't try to fill your wardrobe, fill your drawers. You've only got two feet and two hands. You can't do too much. That's what I would say. Like that, Emmanuel? For me, just multiple streams of income. I think too many of us are so walking a mad confident on a one man's income, on a one income. Just walking like, like you're untouchable on somebody else's dream. 
and if they decide that they don't want to pay you, they can't, you're gone. So for me, it's about multiple streams of income. If we look at, if you say billionaires or whatever, if a millionaire has at least seven streams of income. So why are we trying to, why are we saying we want to be a millionaire, but we only got one? So it's about making money and then making your money make you money. And then when you make that one, make it again. I think a great example is Jay-Z. As much as he's known, known for music, he, most of his money doesn't come from music anymore because he's used that money to invest in other things that create other businesses and, and that's, how you, that's how you move. And I want a different answer from the three of you, but what would you have told your younger you in terms of advice in trying to access money and wealth? If you could go back 30, 40 years, 30 years. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say 20, 30 years then. Alright, alright, 20, 30 years. Talk to yourself. <laughs> 40. My grey hair. Um, what would you tell your, your younger self that you now know? I mean, I think for me it was just property. I'd, one thing I did, I, we were still at that generation where we could have bought property 100% mortgage and these type of things that I just didn't have a clue. I didn't, I didn't even understand property ownership. Even when my parents told me buy a house, I was so into God that I said, no, I'm going to buy a house for cash because God's going to bless me. Like these type of nonsense. Like, so it's just one of them things Sorry. where like now your mind is like, do you know what I mean? So for me, I would have definitely got into property a lot. Property, Aziza? Um, I would have invested my money in um, learning more about financial literacy and my time and I would have asked all the millionaires that I was around in my youth different questions and valued them more. I didn't treat them very well and I didn't really care for their money and now I care for their money. <laughs> <You do. laughs> I like that. Um, and Aaron, finally. Um, ask way more questions. Mm -hmm. Just ask, just ask way more questions and don't be afraid to be pestering to certain people around you, like especially as I was Again, I keep using that VC example, but these guys are from old money. So I should have been, I should have been at their desk every single day mm -hmm. with a different question mm -hmm. and pestering them until they let me into their circle. Um, that's what I would say. I love that. Aaron, Aziza, Emmanuel, thank you very much for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Blackademic TV, we're across all socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Check out our website as well, blackademic.com. Until next time, peace. <laughs>
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 